Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest feists to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. I always loved looking at the cover of the Full Cry magazine because I always had awesome pictures. He got a blue tick that only has one eye and likes to run deer. I first started getting into filming my hunts because my dad's get he got older. Well, we're here today with Clayton Stark of Stark Outdoors. Clayton, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I have a YouTube channel, like you said, it's Stark Outdoors, or if you look up Clayton Stark. Uh, it's mostly coon and squirrel hunting with dogs. There's a few coyote and deer videos on there too, but most of my content is coon and squirrel hunting. At first, it was mostly coon hunting, but then I ended up getting a mountain cur and started to get more into squirrel. But I still coon hunt quite a bit too. And I have Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff too. So how long have you been into different kinds of tree dogs then? Pretty much since I was born. Like, uh, my dad got me into it when I was like four or five. I can still remember going to the woods with him with our dog flash and I can, I don't know how, but I can still remember him cutting him loose. And he was a real nice lipper red Walker. And he went into the tree into the woods and he got treated like immediately super loud. Go in there, had a coon, cut him loose, treat. And it was like 10 minutes, treat two coon and we were home. So for a first time experience, like I was stuck because you didn't see anything besides turn the dog loose. He's treed, turn him loose. He's treed and you're done. It was nothing <laughs> but fun. So I will give my dad credit on that. He started me with a good dog, which is good and bad because then from there on out, I was very, very critical of any dog I had because the first time I saw a dog, it was a real, real good dog. Got you spoiled off the start. Yeah. That's like deer hunting the first deer i killed was one of the biggest bucks i killed so then it's like okay so where do i go from here but he had some of our friends we hunt with uh ned and ross bolin their brothers uh, ross hunts black and tans and ned hunted red bones and then charlie suffrage and charlie clay charlie suffrage hunted blue ticks charlie clay hunted walkers and curs and dad hunted pretty much anything that would treat a coon if it was he didn't Walkers and blue ticks mostly, but we did get some black and tans from that guy. But growing up, like I was exposed to pretty much every breed because we would go with those guys Friday nights, almost every Friday and Saturday. And we'd each hunt a dog, either two or three of us. And it was pretty neat because a lot of people, I think they're only around one breed. So then they only get set on that one breed. And I was lucky enough. I got to see good dogs and a variety of good dogs. Yeah, it's it's definitely an awesome upbringing because, like you said, most people don't get that exposure to, you know, that many different dogs that are, you know, of any quality. Right. Because usually if you're hunting with, like, a family or friends, they all kind of have, like, that breed. Mm -hmm. But, like, those Ned and Ross, they're brothers. And Ned loved his red bones and Ross loved his <laughs> black and tans. And the two Charlies... They like blue ticks and walkers and dad like blue ticks and walkers too. But dad, he started with red bones when he was a little kid. His dad a hundred years ago had a couple red bones that were pretty good. But Okay. So you come from a long line of houndsmen then. 
Yeah, actually, where I live is it's about a quarter of a mile away from where my dad was born and raised, where my where my grandma and grandpa live. Wow. So, like the woods, I hunt every day. Like my family's been hunting that woods for over a hundred years. Wow, that's awesome. That's the first place I took my son. Hunting <laughs> to. So <laughs> that's what my wife. She knows that if she ever wants to move, like it just it's not going to happen because <laughs> I have way too much good hunting all around. Sounds like it. Yeah. So you've kind of said you, you got started with a lot of hounds and, but then you said you, right. You now hunt curs on squirrels. So how did you get into the curs? Well, I, dad always got the bloodhound or bloodline and full cry magazines. And when I was a little kid, I would always, I always love looking at the cover of the full cry magazine. Cause I always had awesome pictures of either dogs, tree and a squirrel or bobcats, or, but they always had awesome covers on that magazine. So I always remember seeing cur dogs and that's probably the breed I wasn't exposed to the, the most because everyone around me hunted hounds for the most part. So just randomly when I was older, I don't even know what, why I thought of it, but I thought it'd be neat to get a cur dog because when I was a kid, we would squirrel hunt, but we used blue ticks and walkers. And I still got a walker. It's a pretty good squirrel dog, but I thought it would be neat to have a dog that was bred and right for specifically for squirrel. So I just over the years, I noticed Alan Franklin's name was in full cry all the time or dogs that go back to thunder and that bloodline. I knew he was in Ohio. So it wouldn't be super far away for, for me to go. So I just talked to him on Facebook and he was breeding his uh, thunder sport. He had before he died. And I just talked to him and, got very I don't know if I'll ever get as lucky as I did with this one because I got him when he was a puppy and he was running and treeing his own coon all by himself five months old wow. and Impressive. no one believes me but luckily I have videos of it on my YouTube channel and pictures on Facebook I have I have documented all that stuff and my dad was with me too he couldn't he couldn't believe it because he's hunted pounds his whole life and the first night we took him to the woods, it's a little section my uncle owns. It's probably about 10 acres. It's not real big, but we never kill anything out of there. So it's a great place to take pups. Cut it loose in the lane. He takes off running. He gets about 120 yards in there and just falls treed. And me and dad just looked at each other like, what? Have we been just wrong forever? Yeah. But go in there. He had, had a coon. And then from that point on, that. That season, I killed quite a few coon to him. And then he will tree squirrel. He's a good squirrel dog, but he's so good on coon that I just, I focus him mostly on coon. Okay. Now that's your Jack's dog, right? Yeah, that's Jack's. He's uh, out of Thundersport and a uh, jukebox Dewey female named Sandy. Okay. Now what else do you have besides Jack's? Oh, I got a, that Walker female. I said she's good on squirrel, but she's a, I never squirrel hunted her until she was older. She's nine years old now. She's got got a lot of clover bred in, into her. She's like blanket uh, back walker, mostly white and black. Mm -hmm. uh, got her when she was about. That's another good thing about having good friends at hunt. We get a lot of dogs for free that turn out to be really good. Like my, that walker female, one of our best friends, John Debout, gave her to dad when she was about six or seven months old. And we started hunting her behind the house and she ended up treating a coon in the daytime. Mm -hmm. And 
she turned out, she was a really good coon dog. And I cooned on her a lot until she was like five or six. And I started hunting her in the daytime. She started training squirrels. But she is not like most hounds. Like she will not bark ever in the yard. Like you could turn her loose and she just would lay down. Okay. She's like, she's super calm, super smart. But when you turn her loose, she will go get treed somewhere. And she's very independent. When you squirrel hunter, is she open on track? Some. At, at first, she was worse about it. But once she started using her eyes a little bit more, and I started killing some squirrel to her, she's not as open. Okay. She still does. She's not silent on track. But, like, I'll take her out. Most times when I hunt her, it's in the wintertime, like when there's snow on the ground. So they're not on the ground all that much. They just jump from tree to tree mostly. Mm -hmm. But... I think she can see them better too when there's snow on the ground okay. and all the leaves are off that time of year too, yeah. but got her. And then John B about his son, Matt gave me a Walker female that she's only five months old. Now gave my son, he's two years old, gave her that gave her to my son. So we got her and then dad, like I said, he's, not in good enough health to really hunt anymore, but he has more Walker dogs. I don't, I couldn't tell you a number how much he has right now. He has, he has a really good male. That's probably about 12 now though, 12 or 13. He's a grandson to track man. He was a really nice, well-built. I got some, his name's copper. I got some videos of him on here too. He's a really good tree dog. Mostly dad's got a bunch of walkers now. And a blue tick. <laughs> I don't know if he'll think, he might think it's funny, but he got a blue tick from someone real cheap that only has one eye and likes to run deer. And he got it just so he could say he had a, a one-eyed blue tick that ran deer. <laughs> That's funny. So he has that and more of a, a pet. Mm -hmm. but, so he has that. And then I got a trinker. Okay. And then I have. I hunt dogs for people too. So then people bring me dogs and I hunt them too. So there's n never a shortage of dogs to be hunted around my house. Now, how's your train car bred? He is, I don't know if you know Garrett Shad. Yep. He's won a lot of hunts in WTDA. Mm -hmm. His, he's out of Snickers and Super Black Eagle, I believe. Okay. Now, for the listeners who don't know what a train car is, um, train cars are basically the catch all of the car world. <laughs> the the x-bread yeah. before before yeah. ukc came out with x-bread <laughs> so a lot of times they can be a cross of something and i think snickers she's mostly mountain cur but basically has a little bit of walker I'm, in her yeah i'm pretty sure when i looked at the papers like it's all curs except for like his grandpa was a walker or something because she's like out of is she out of maddie heston's maddie I think so. Yeah, Maddie was a Walker Mountain Cur cross. Yeah. And I like him. He has a great personality, hunts hard, and he sounds great when he trees. It's just he's average. He's not nothing. He's not a world. Dude. Okay. So what are some differences between your curs and your hounds that you've noticed? Good and bad. Well, with Jacks, I will say. I have, I've only been around curs for about six years, but I have hunted a lot of curs. 
because I have jacks and then I bought, I've had like three or four since then. And then I hunt a lot of cursed brother people. I've seen a lot. And I, I know he is completely different than most what I've seen because from the time he was a puppy, he has lived in the house and he is, he is a house dog. He goes to the bathroom outside. I can just open the door and I'll come right back in. But he knows if I say go get him, he'll run to the woods and go tree a coon. Where with most walkers or hounds, if you would try and do that, I don't know if you could do that as easy because they're so so geared to go get treed that if you would try and do that, it would be hard to get them honed in as much. Uh, a lot of the curs that I have had seem to start earlier than hounds. Hounds obviously have a better mouth. Usually have a better nose. When I first got into it, I figured there'd be a huge difference. But some of the best ones I've seen, they're not that much different than a hound. Okay. So now, do you competition hunt either your hounds or your curs? I've never been much into competition hunts. I've just always did it because I love it. But with Jax, I put him in uh, two UKC hunts and OMCBA Ohio State hunt. He got fourth at the when he was year and a half. He got fourth in the Ohio State coon hunt, the OMCBA coon hunt, and then he's got two wins in UKC. But that was when he was a year and a half, and then like when he was three, and he's about to turn six. Okay. But I just talked to Alan today and was telling him how he's been hunting, and I'm going to try and put him in some hunts because he deserves it. I don't. I've never been one to really competition not that much because i just do it because i love it and i want to go hunting i could just walk out the back door and turn a dog loose mm -hmm. for free i don't have to drive anywhere and pay entry fees or anything but he's he's one that if i don't competition hunt him before he goes i'll regret okay. it okay so i'll probably put in, in some hunts just uh for one just to clarify for anybody that doesn't know what's the omcba that's the registry that's the original Mountain Curb Breeders Association. So that's the, the registry for Mountain Curs. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one thing I don't like about Curs, though. There are like 15 registries that you can hunt for competition style. Mm -hmm. So it's just it, like anything else. It would be cooler, I think, if you could get all the dogs together competing at like one or two registries. Yep. Cause then you could see like who the best of the best was. Yeah. And then you want to have like Jack's he's registered in like WTDA and OMCBA and UKC. And he, so you got to pay all those, buy all that yep. and go through all that paperwork and stuff. That's why, honestly, I hope the UKC curve program, I hope that takes off mm -hmm. because that hunt I went to, that was the most fun at a competition I've ever had. Like all those people were awesome. Okay. And that way, if, like your hounds, like all my hounds are UKC registered. Mm -hmm. If the curb UKC curb program would take off, then I could just focus on UKC or one registry instead of having to do with all the paperwork and yep. all that stuff. With your UKC hunts, are they close to you or the cur hunts? <sighs> sort of. There was one club up in Michigan that was about an hour away, I believe, the last time. I went, it was about an hour, I think they had some, they would have like a regular UKC hound hunt. 
Mm-hmm. And then they would just uh, that same night have a cur hunt just in case okay. the turnout was very low. But most of the ones that I see advertised are quite a ways south of me. Okay. So I'm going to, I was actually talking today. I'm going to talk to the president of our coon club and try and get them scheduling some the night of their UKC hunts just so I can average because I advertise for the Williams County Coon Hunters Club, like on their page, like I'll yeah. share events for them and stuff. Mm-hmm. So if they would give me the okay. I would just like have, if they're having a UKC hound hunt that night, I would also like create an event for curse too and try and publicize it to where they could have those events. That yeah. way I could start having them around here because the hunting around here is really good. And the hunts I went to in Michigan, there was a decent amount of dogs there. So I would think if they're up in Michigan, the yeah. people from the South still would come up here. They Last year, they did have a WTDA squirrel hunt up here, I believe. And okay. quite a few people traveled up. And like I said before, those guys I met, they're good enough people. I would not doubt at all if they would drive up here to come to a hunt. Some of them even said so. That the Jordan Baxter, he... Uh, is like the UKC Kerr guy. He, okay. He's been really helpful to me too. He said any, anything he can do to help me get that going up here, he'd help me with. So I'm sure mm-hmm. it's just going to be a matter of getting the club to do it, which I know them all. They'll do it. I just need to talk to him about it. That's awesome. Yeah. I know um, my club, we talked about it because I used to run a train Kerr female, but then the problem was just, there was nobody else with Kerrs in the area. So I was like, we had no problem putting it on, but it was like, there's nobody else to compete. So, right. And and now another guy, you know, I, I no longer have that female. She passed away. And now another guy, he just got a, a young mountain cur from Allen actually. And he's kind of in the same boat. He's like, well, I've got this cur and there's nobody else around here to, yeah. you know, to have you a competition. Got to travel to the South where all the big hunts are apparently. Yep. Now, why don't you tell us a little bit about, that uh, UKC hunt you just went to? That was in Newberry, South Carolina. It was Friday was the dog of the year hunt. And it was the, it took the top seven dogs in the UKC from that previous year. Like the, the highest number of cast wins got you in. So you had to qualify for that. And then Saturday was the world hunt, which there was like 36 dogs showed up to that or something like that. I thought it was pretty good because they had it was the same weekend as like one of the other real big money hunts or something was going on down there. Mm-hmm. And they had a pretty good showing, but that was the first squirrel competition hunt I've been in. I've I've spectated and been to like coon hunts that were at my local coon club, but that was the first squirrel competition hunt I went to. Okay. And like every like I met probably 30 people down there, mm-hmm. and every one of them. I could say as a friend and I would go hunting with the many times. They're just all super nice people. It's awesome. They were, there was no bickering or fighting and it was very professional and respectful. It was well ran. That's great. It was a really fun time. Like we went out, we hunted together. And then that Friday night, we all got together and went and ate at the seafood restaurant they had there and stayed at a hotel. And then the next morning, I went with Jeremy Nichols on his cast and filmed that cast. Then I went with, he, he won that cast and then went out with him. And Dennis Jones was a guy from Georgia. I met, had a dog named Allie. I went with them and filled that. And he, that he had an older female, but 
she looked really good. She ended up winning that cast, but I, that's like 12 or 13 hours from my house. Mm-hmm. So I drove down to where Alan Franklin lives, which is about five hours away. Mm-hmm. And then I just rode with him the rest of the way down. Okay. So he got eliminated Saturday. So then we, like he was going home. So I just said, he asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, if you wanted to go home, we can go home because I miss my family too. And that way I could be home Sunday. Mm-hmm. So we didn't stick around for the, the finals on Sunday, but it was a really good time. I, I'm going to go back again next year. Okay. And I recommend anyone who is thinking about going to like a competition school hunt, like those, that place down there at Newberry, South Carolina, that hunt they put on time. Like you, you won't be disappointed if you go down there. That's great. Now you've mentioned Alan a few times. Could you uh, give a little more background on Alan, who he is? He, yeah, he lives in Sarasville, Ohio, which is like I said, about five hours south of me. He owned the Thunder Bloodline of Mount Curse, which is a really successful bloodline. Uh, started with his Thunder Dog, and then he had Thunder Sport, and there's a whole bunch of other dogs out of them that you can look into. But he's won a ton of competition hunts uh, with squirrel competition hunts. And then he won a lot of coon competition hunts with his dog, Thunder Sports Kane. So that's – he's just well a well-known guy in the mountain curl world. And that's – I reached out to him about getting one. And that's where I got jacks from. And anytime since I was new to it, it he seemed like a nice guy when I met him. Since I was new to Kerr's. I want to make sure that I was doing it right because I've worked with hounds and trained hounds, but I wanted to make sure I wasn't doing something wrong. And so anytime I had any questions at all about working with him or things I shouldn't or shouldn't do, I could just call him or text him and he'd answer me right away. Awesome. And I really appreciate that he did that for me because because of that one interaction, I have made probably hundreds of friends and met so many people and now people just because i got a dog from him. yeah so i mean he's just he's a really nice guy so he he owned the thunder line of dogs and now we're friends and travel together sometimes like he went uh him and kenny smith and adam loudon were going to the jukebox kennels put on a meat hunt every year mm-hmm. in like around the tiffin ohio area okay so they asked me if I wanted to go. So I said, yeah, I'll go. But uh, it's a competition. You can only hunt three dogs, okay. which is fine with me. So I just went and filmed it. So that, that was a lot of fun. I met, met those guys. Pretty much, honestly, with Mountain Curs, like I said, I'm new to it. I don't go to a ton of hunts, but almost every person I have met at like any of these competition hunts or get-togethers have been great guys. Like they're they're regular guys. They're not arrogant. There's no, never any trash talk, really. Like I said, I don't, <laughs> I haven't been to a ton of them, but I've been lucky enough that almost all my experiences have been really positive with the group of guys that I've been going to hunts with. Yeah, I have to, I have to agree with you pretty much. Uh, the only, I only ever went to one hunt, Kerr hunt, and that I had a bad interaction, which it really wasn't even me, but there was a guy that was on a cast and he was known to have, kind of start some problems and sure enough he started some problems but other than that one guy 
I, I've hunted with quite a few of the people that you've mentioned that, you know, from the, from Ohio. And I would say the exact same thing. Yeah. That's, that's one reason why I never got into competition hunting that much. Like dad, he went in maybe three or four competition hunts that I can remember. He was never really a big competition hunter. And like for a few years, they would have like the UKC world hunt was like 15 minutes from my house and like Walker days, the one, not the Southeastern Walker days, but the other one they have up here, that's like 30 minutes from my house. And then autumn Oaks is only about two hours away and people come up here to hunt from that. So mm. like, I've seen a lot of like the bigger hound hunts yeah. and some of the people on those, it just gets, it's cutthroat. They'll start fights and all sorts of other stuff. And I'm just, I do it to have a good time. Mm -hmm. I just want to go have fun yep. and make friends. And that's honestly, that's what kind of changed my mind about maybe getting into competition on some more is just those couple of hunts I went through this last year. It was just a ton of fun. Like it makes me wish I had, had a dog in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. But then it's like, I don't get to film it. So, <laughs> but. Yep. So you've talked a little bit about your YouTube. So how long have you been making YouTube videos? Uh, I started probably eight to 10 years ago, making really bad shaky YouTube videos with a, like a $200 camcorder I got from Walmart or something. But I first started getting into filming my hunts because my dad's get, he got older and he couldn't go hunting anymore, but we, he still had a ton of dogs and I had dogs. So I wanted to make sure he could still feel like he was a part of it. So I would take his dogs out and I would film them and make videos out of it for us to watch. And then also I'm sure anyone else can relate to this. That's hunted dogs for any amount of time. I've just, thought like how many dogs that we have had that were good dogs over the years that I wish I could see hunt one more time or hear them get treed one more time that I can't because we never, when I was a kid, we never filmed anything. And like, it was before cell phones are really big. Yep. So I thought like, you might as well like save those memories as much as you can, because once they're gone, they're gone. So I started, it was probably eight, 10 years ago. I started filming those hunts. It was never anything serious or consistent. I would just sometimes put videos up and off and on, I might go a year without posting and then I'd post a bunch. But then once I started getting into curves and hunting curves for other people, I started filming their hunts that way too. If, if I'm hunting a dog for someone and I tell them they're doing good or they're doing bad, like there's a full hunt video where they can see like my pup's tree and all my pup is not doing. So there's proof. Yeah. So they know I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. And to my knowledge, people that hunt dogs are, I don't know anyone else that does it like that. I mean, they might send videos and pictures and stuff, but some of the videos I have, like I, like I was telling you earlier, I got a really expensive camera and I've invested a ton of time and money into it. Mm -hmm. So I try it. I try and make them as good as I can. My, the videos, when I film other people look really, really good. Some of the, my self filmed hunts, they're okay, but they're not the same production as when I'm, I got like my gimbal, and my camera and everything yep. filming other people. It's just, especially coon hunting that can get with the lighting that can get hard. Yep. But I'd say, like I told you, it was from last deer season. So I've been really consistent and focusing on my YouTube stuff and all my social media stuff since about early November this year, okay. I've been like more serious about it. That's actually how I found you. Your video popped up 
suggested in my YouTube feed, um, just because I've watched other hunting videos of squirrel hunting, coon hunting, yeah. and stuff like that. So I, th I think it was like one of your uh, squirrel hunting with your walker, actually. Um, yeah. That's what popped up suggested. So watched a couple of your videos, and then I found you on you know Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. I've really enjoyed uh, yeah. you know, all your videos and like I said, the world hunt and that meat hunt from jukebox kennels and stuff. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. You, you take really good pictures too. Like once I saw your Instagram page and stuff, like what, what camera do you use? Like, do you using a Canon 5d Mark two? It takes really good. It takes really good pictures. I can get really good daytime pictures, but I'm still mm -hmm. trying to, because I I've never had a nice camera until like Decemberish. Yeah. So I'm still trying to learn, especially with coon hunting, how to get good pictures because the lighting is such an issue. Yep. I'm trying. So what are you running? It's a Sony A6400. Okay. Just started doing research on, like, because I wanted something that would take good pictures, but I wanted something that would also record too. I didn't mm -hmm. want to just get like a. Yep. Good. Having a family, I want to be able to take pictures too. Yeah. And I can't remember the lens. It's like an 18 to 135, just like some no name. Gotcha. But it, it came as a package from Best Buy. I just tried to get as nice as I could without yeah. blowing because that gets expensive. Oh, yeah. I just <laughs> got a new lens today. So as far as your YouTube goes, what's uh, what's in store for it? Um, I'll probably keep doing a lot of the like self-filmed hunts. I'm trying to like keep it on a schedule because I was getting where I was posting almost every single day. And that's just a lot of editing. It takes a lot of time mm -hmm. and it ends up like some videos will do well. And then I, there's no one has enough time to just sit down and watch YouTube videos every day. So I'm trying to get like every Monday night around six, mm -hmm. have a new video come out. So I'll okay. just like, once I get a video done, I'll upload it and schedule it to premiere Monday at six. Mm -hmm. So I'll keep doing coon and squirrel hunts. I'm, I'm working with a, a another cur I got from Alan right now. That's he's about nine months old. He just starting to tree a little bit and I'm trying to, it's, it's difficult, but I'm trying to make a video where it shows like kind of where he started, like kind of a okay. progress video. Yeah. So hopefully he finishes out because. <laughs> that that would be a pretty cool project. Yeah, that's doing that with him. And then we bred Jax to one of Alan Franklin's good females named Dixie. Okay. So I'll I'm sure I will film that would be really special to me because I've wanted to pop out of Jax for a long time. So mm -hmm. I'm sure I'll film a ton of that. And like I said, I'm gonna be going back to those UKC hunts next year and pretty much anytime. Alan or any of those guys asked me to go to a competition hunt as long as they don't have something going on. I'm mm. going to go with them. Good deal. Well, where can people find you to watch your videos and everything? On YouTube, if you type in Stark Outdoors or my name is Clayton Stark, that should bring up my videos. And then on Facebook, just type in Clayton Stark or Stark Outdoors. Um, Instagram is Stark underscore Outdoors. Mm -hmm. I try and use all the same lingo. So if you can find me on one, they're all linked okay. together. So you should be able to see them. Well, thank you very much for your time. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber.